2: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
3: I am Yamla, your host, your guide, a teacher for some, and a soft place to fall for others. And I was a miserable failure in my relationships until I loved myself enough to be able to share my love with other people. Welcome to the R-Spot, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. My guest today is a native of Jersey City, Grammy-nominated author, artist Kevin Powell. Kevin is a hip-hop activist, meaning he understands, teaches, and promotes the depth and value of hip-hop culture, and that makes him a cultural activist. He's also a television personality, a writer, an author. I first became aware of Kevin when I was still a resident of the nation of Brooklyn. I think he was in college back then, but he wrote for uh, the Black American newspaper, and he covered the story about the killing of Michael Griffin in Howard Howard Beach, Queens, which was a huge story back then, akin to the Michael Brown story in Ferguson, except that Michael Griffin was killed by citizens, not by police. Kevin is the author of 14 books, including my favorite, The Education of Kevin Powell, A Boy's Journey into Manhood, and my second favorite, which recently came out. Kevin also served for many years as a writer for one of my favorite magazines, Vibe Magazine, which was launched way back in the day in the 90s with the blessing and the guidance of elder statesman Quincy Jones. Now, as a recent contribution to African Voices magazine, also from the nation of Brooklyn, celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, Kevin wrote an article that really is a a love story and a historical treatise about hip-hop. I'm I'm not telling you this to impress you or, or to establish that Kevin... Uh, is somebody special. I want you to understand that he has a long-term commitment and history to the evolution of people and humanity based on the culture and contribution of people of color. However, he's not stuck in just people of color because Eve Ensler, the, the author of the Vagina Monologues, is one of his mentors, which Kevin speaks to in his album, Grocery Shopping with My Mother." I love this man. I love him for his heart, for his commitment, for his voice, his latest offering to the world, grocery shopping with my mother sent chills through my body. I didn't know if I should weep or do the hallelujah dance. (laughs) If you are wondering who you are or how to be as a mother, as a son, as a person living in in the 21st century. So it is my sheer delight and honor to welcome this incredible, incredible activist and author and son. As a mother, it is my honor to witness or his unfolding and to welcome him to the R spot. I wanna start with this. I want you to hear this.
4: Dear God, please do not take my mother from me anytime soon. I am not ready, God. I do not know what I would be without her. She has been my mother and my father. Since she pushed and pulled me through her earth, the way a jagged little pill shoves its way around the mouth of history. I love my mother like I love breathing air, even when she bruises me with her words, with her rage. God, mama, has forever bruised me with her words, with her rage.
3: And that was an offering from Grocery Shopping with My Mother. All right. R-Spot has joined me in welcoming Kevin Powell. (laughs) Kevin, welcome to the R-Spot.
4: First of all, thank you so much. And I'm just humbled and grateful for everything you said. And you took me... Back when you mentioned the Michael Griffith piece and um the black American way back in the day. I actually was in college. Uh, that was my first check. I think I got twenty dollars for that article way back <laughs> in the day as a writer. And I yeah, yeah. I you know, I just want to say thank you for you you and all that you've done. Um you know, it's interesting. I just, just, just thank you. I just need to say thank you. You know, uh, we both have lost some folks in the last couple of years, and I don't take for granted being here. And and just thank you for all you've given to our communities. I just need to say that to you publicly. Thank you.
3: You know, I lost my daughter this year. You yeah. sent me that lovely, lovely text and email. And in in my healing process, one of the things that I was doing was just praying because I I just mm. I had to keep my mind. And in my prayer, one day. A uh, spirit said to me, or I heard the guidance, you know, I I don't like to say spirit said to me because then people think I'm crazy. I hear voices. So I just said, mm. <laughs> I was guided. And it said in 2024, you're going to do a lot of work with men. Mm. And I said, okay. So when I heard about uh, grocery shopping with my mother, and, you know, we've known each other forever. Yes, ma'am. I remember it was in 2001. 2001, Kevin. My daughter Jamila was still alive. Mm. When you and I set up in the Brooklyn church and we did a audience of men. Do you remember I that? I remember
4: that. Oh my god. Yes. Wow. <laughs>
3: we must have had about 200 men in that church and that was it had to be two thousand one because Jamia died in two thousand three. That's right. So I know that she was still alive because she was there. Mm. So we we've, we've been connected for a long time. I've watched you evolve. Thank you so much. This for me is so powerful. Grocery shopping with my mother because that relationship between the mother and the son is is a challenging relationship but it's a blessed relationship. And I always tell women when I speak to them and they're going through breakdown with their son, remember mama, you are raising somebody's husband and somebody's father. Okay. And, and I also believe that a man is who his mother makes him. And so in this album, you talk about your mother, you talk about your father, but the beauty is you also talk about all that you have learned and, And gathered and put together, even in spite of or because of your relationship with your mother.
4: Wow. I, you know, if I can say this, because I have to pay homage always to our ancestors. I listened to a lot of um, Nina Simone, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and putting that together. And obviously, people like Nikki Giovanni and the last poets, and, you know, Sonia Sanchez and Baraka, Mary Baraka, may he rest in peace as well. Um, but I just wanted to do something that was in the, the tradition of who we are uh, as, as 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 poets, as artists, and and I just love music. And I'm a house music head. I'm a dance head. I actually grew up. A, I was dancing hard when I was younger, and I was like, yeah. I want the first track to be a party track, and I wanted to be in the spirit of, of bringing community together, as you do. And that's where it came from. But you know, it's just I wanted to I wanted to take people on a journey musically because I just I listen to all kinds of stuff. I'm definitely a hip hop head for life. That's never going to change. But I've been blessed to be exposed to classical music, to jazz, to African rhythms, to, to a range of stuff, reggae. I'm a big fan of reggae, big, big fan of Caribbean music. And uh, so it's all there. And I just I'm I'm, I'm still in shock. Ayan, if I, I can say this. I You know, we, we I got to shout out Tanisha Hill. Got to shout out black women because black women hold it down. This album would not exist without Tanisha Hill who's an amazing singer, songwriter, vocal uh, uh, arranger. But, you know, she and I started talking about it. I said, she you need to be the producer with me on this album. So there'd be no Grammy nominations as much her Grammy nomination as mine. Because she we worked together for eight months in the studio, putting this thing together through all kinds of stuff happening this year. You know what I'm saying? So I just got to na- acknowledge that's just that's important to me to say that.
3: Well, you know, I'm a music fanatic too. I'm, yes. I'm, and all of those things. And it's important because I think some of the youngins today, they don't know amiri they don't know nikki they don't know some of the things that you grew up on some of my peers who you know i'm a am an elder now i can't believe it but <laughs> you know if it wasn't for nikki and amiri and Booty and so many people that some of the youngins don't know so for you to be influenced by them and bring it into the 21st century with the hip hop vibe, that's how you do that. So let me ask you this question. Why grocery shopping with my mother? Why that?
4: Well, five years ago or so, my mom got sick. Um, As I talk about in the title poem song on the album, and I'm an only child. I was raised by my mother. I mean, she um, she had me young um, and you you know what I'm saying. And, and I grew up on yeah. welfare, food stamps, government, cheese, poverty. I wouldn't wish on anybody. My mama had migrated from the South, from South Carolina up to Jersey City. Um, and she got sick and she said she needed help going to the grocery store. That's how it started. Ayala, I had no intention of of writing a poetry book, which came out last uh, December with that title, nor doing an album. What I was doing was simply like walking behind my mother. Helping her pick out stuff because she she insisted on uh, going to the grocery store herself. I said, "Mom, you know we can have groceries delivered." Oh no, I ain't going to do that. She didn't. My mother just <laughs> she got a cell phone. She got a flip phone. She got a flip phone, but there's no texting. <laughs> there's no online banking, nothing. So she's like, "I got to go to the grocery store." So I had to take her to the grocery store every every week for about a year or so, crying behind her, trying to get her to change her diet. You know, she would curse me out in that mama kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you trying I raise you. You know how it is with our folks. I raise you. I'm older than you. I was here before you were here. I was like, mom, but you can't, you can't get all that. She would and she would go for the cookies, she would go for the ice cream, I'm like, okay, mom. And you know, I started posting Ayala on social media, just doing it. This is what we do. I just said, you know, I'm out here grocery shopping, with my mother. I had no idea. Black folks, Latinx folks, white folks, uh, uh, indigenous folks, uh, uh, Asian folks, people of all different identities saying that's me, my mother saying black women, especially saying, you know, that's my mother or that's me with my son or my daughter. Um, People saying to me they had lost their mothers and that, you know, "Thank, thank you for what you're doing. And it blew my mind. And out of that came this long poem. And then I you know, my my wife uh snuck the photo that's the cover of the album and the book. We were at literally at a grocery store. And it was still um, you know, we were still wearing masks most of the time. And 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 that how ha- that's how we got the cover. My wife's a photographer. And it's just, but it's 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 and it's funny when I show my mother the book, she said, Who's that on the cover with you? I said, Mom, that's you. <laughs> 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 but I wanted to write something, you know, I thought a lot about. Um, Tupac Shakur's Dear Mama. Rest in peace. Yeah. Shakur.
3: Mama Afini. Yeah. Mama Afini.
4: You know, and I didn't realize you were born on September 13th, the day the Pac-, Pac passed. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. That blows my mind just to think about that. And I thought about all the songs we've had about mamas and black mothers through the years, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and also the Dear God part comes from the color purple, to be quite honest about. It. I was always affected by how Sealy would say Dear God in the book. And you would hear her voice in the movie version because my mother's very spiritual. I was raised up in the church. I've been Christian. I've been Muslim. I've been a few things. At Van Zandt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but what it always comes back to is that spiritual piece. And, and so I just, I, I said, I wanted to write something that reflected the kind of black churches that we went to in New York and New Jersey when I was growing up, where my mother was constantly calling on God. Cause I was calling on God, honestly, with that poem, grocery shopping, my mother, like I, 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 she's the only constant in my life since I was born. The only. Wow. Person. Yeah. I only knew my father. I only saw my father three, two or three times until I was eight years old. Then he was gone. The next time I saw my father was when he was in a grave site in South Carolina when I found him years later with, with the help of a wonderful uh, sister genealogist. Um, but other than that, it's my mama. It's my mama. It's my mama. And that's the poem is a plea to God, you know, the, to give me more time Um You know, and my mom is, you know, she she comes from the old world, as we say, you know, whether your family's from the South or the West Indies, you know what I'm saying? It's like they have their ways. They're rooted in it, you know, so it's been a complicated relationship. But at the end of the day, I'm clear that I would not have 16 books. The life that I've had my mama. I mean, my mother has an eighth grade education, Yala Van Zandt. She took me to the library when I was eight years old. We didn't have many books in the house. We had a Bible. That was it. She didn't know that. You know, she didn't know. She just was like, I got to make sure he gets an education. When I was three years old, three, four years old, she was telling me I was going to go to college. The only time my mother ever set foot on a college campus is when she dropped me off at Rutgers University when I was 18 years old, because my cousins had a car to drive us there in central New Jersey. She had never been on a college campus, you know, but this is someone, this is the power of black women. This is the power of black mothers, this remarkable vision against all odds, coming through slavery, colonization, segregation, all the craziness that y'all have had to deal with. And then having to raise this child by herself, and I was definitely a boy that gave her a lot of problems. <laughs> but, you know, I can see my mother all in me. The work ethic comes from her, getting up early every morning like this still, like I'm around roosters and chickens down south, you know, all that stuff is a part of where I come from, you know. And um, I just, you know, I would like her to be here as long as she's gotten better, thank God, you know, but she still walks slowly and she's still, you know, insisting in doing things her way, and I've I've suggested yoga to her and you know mom you ways to deal with the-. yoga oh
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. mama's like yoga no oh, no she ain't doing that
4: you know it's funny you know it's deep i have referenced you probably a thousand times i've said to so many people people like my mom and them did not have an ayana van Zant or you know folks growing up they didn't have y'all you know and so when they now when you try to introduce this they're like no nah, i'm good i just need the lord you know what i'm saying
3: that's right that's it we'll talk more about it when we come back
0: And now in this season's must have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with a limited edition bombshell escape fragrance, a free spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry.
3: Welcome back to the R spot. Let's pick up where we left off. After that beautiful testimony to your mother, she bruises me with her words and with her rage. Yeah. I acknowledge the ways that I bruised my son. Mm. More with my words than with the rage, but the words probably came from rage. Yeah. Talk to me as a son Hmm. because i've got some mothers i want to bring on yeah but talk to me as a son a how did you recognize you were bruised and then what did you do about it
4: i recognized it as a child i mean listen my mother is a beautiful um dark-skinned black woman, and all black is beautiful. Everybody's beautiful. We're all beautiful. But she, um, my father was a high yellow Negro,
1: <laughs>
4: what they would call a red black, red, uh, red. Red bone. Red bone. Back
3: then, yeah.
4: And, you know, my mother did not have the kind of educational background formally that you have, that I have, where she could and understand the history of it. So she spoke from a lot of pain. Sometimes my mother would say to me when I was a child, you know, you're just like your father. And then she would say in the next breath, Don't be like your daddy. Now, you're eight, nine years old. You don't have to process that. Mm. And I think what often happens, and I've said this in in spaces with black women who have sons, you know, I understand the hurt that you all feel, particularly when when black men have been so washed in, in, in sexism as men, thinking that we can abuse black women or women, period, any way we feel like it physically, verbally, emotionally, spiritually, everything. And if you, you know, and if you don't go to counseling, into therapy, to things, the work that you've been doing, you know, thank you for the work you've been doing to try to help people to heal. There was no healing space for my mother. There's not a healing space for a lot of uh, our black mothers. They just have to, you all have to just suck it up, which is going all the way back, as you know, Yala Van Zandt, to those plantations. Black women had to be everything. Black women yes. had to be everything. And so I was hurt as a boy, not just the physical beatings, but the 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 the, the, the verbal beatings, the stuff that was said to me. I mean, it, it, if I could be honest about it, I mean, you know, my mother would call me the names that Fred Sanford would call his son Lamont on Sanford, his son. You know what those words were. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they were hurtful. Here I am an A student because my mama demanded excellence out of me. I could not have a B or anything, nothing less than an A. But then being called, told that you're not even intelligent. It took me years. I was hurt. I was hurt. I was devastated. I got to college with no relationship skills. I had never been hugged by my mother, you know, because she didn't know how to hug. There was no I love you, any of the stuff. The stuff I say in the poem is very is very real. And it took me learning Black history when I got to college, to Rutgers, and and, and understanding the devastating effects of slavery, all of it on us. But more importantly, Ayana, it took me going to therapy to forgive my mother. You know what I mean? Wow. And to to, to begin to forgive, like, I understand it like, I don't know what it's like to be a black woman who has to deal with racism and sexism. And if you're a poor black woman, the way my mother was, the way you were at points in your life, the classism as well. I have no idea what that did to her, you know, and so she was just operating out of what she knew, you know, and I think that it's important. What I say to mothers all the time now is just really important that the hurt that you have felt by the the society, racism, sexism, classism, any of the isms and phobias that you, whatever your identity or identities are, you know, but also if it happens to be the father of that child, that you not take out that hurt on the child because the child is it's the generational trauma. We didn't have the word trauma like we do now, but that's what I was carrying around. And I ended up hurting a lot of people as a result of it. And I don't blame my mother. I simply was acting out what I learned. And then I realized when I got to college, well, hell, a lot of us are damaged and we just acting out on each other.
3: <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you know, that's what brings up the beauty of, um, Very shortly, I'm gonna talk to Courtney B. Vance. He just wrote Mm. a book entitled The Invisible Ache." Wow. And I'm on a mission. I want every man with two eyeballs just to identify his invisible ache. But what you say here Mm. is so critical that, and in the album, what I recognized was based on what you were saying, you did something that is very important for men in building a healthy relationship with their mother. A, you learned her story. Yes, because you talked about her being dark skinned You talked about her being born in South Carolina. You talked about how her father used to beat her. That's right. Which probably established her relationship with men, her thoughts about men. And although I think your mother and I might be around the same age, believe it or not, <laughs> I'm heading in that direction. But um, you talked about the impact of her history on her story and how her story impacted how she treated you. So many men don't take the time to learn their mother's story and they make it personal. She came after me personally. In fact, Kevin, I've got some mothers on the line and I want you to talk to them as a son. Okay. Absolutely. Greetings beloved and welcome to the R-Spot my guest and I, my guest Kevin Powell and I are talking to sons about their mothers and mothers about their sons so that we can get some healing on the table. Are you in good relationship or breakdown with your son right now?
5: Used to be good, now I'm in breakdown. He is a 15-year-old. Uh-huh. And um he's just we were very very close um growing up and over the past couple of years he has started to pull away. And his grades are inconsistent up and down. He's smart. His work ethic is compromised. He's kind of isolating. Um, I've, had him, I've had him talk to somebody and she's like, yeah, he's a typical teenage boy. Don't even worry about it. But the controlling person and the fearful person in me is kind of confused on how as a mom do I step back and start parenting him like a fifteen year old, a young adult male. Mm. And without not without like having him end up on Dr. Phil someday. So I wanna give him his space to grow and develop. And I put full trust in, you know, my creator that he's handling everything. But as a mom, I I get worried. I do. I just, you know, I I want him to be happy and live his life for what makes him happy. He's not involved in anything. He's an incredible artist and poet. He doesn't do anything anymore. He basically just isolates.
3: Wow. Where's his dad? Where's his dad? Great question.
5: His dad is in his life. Um, The only thing is, is I'm kind of the disciplinarian and dad's the fun guy. Hmm. So, you know, I'm always the one bearing that brunt. Um, i grew up and, um, you know, my dad was, um, was addicted to heroin and it was a violent household. Mm. And so I'm trying to parent things differently. I'm a first gen college grad. I'm trying to kind of reshape things. And I think sometimes I'm a little bit of a helicopter because I'm concerned that he, may be good to, he might go down the same path and struggles that I did. And I obviously want to shelter, shelter him from them different environment, but I still have my, you know, my legacy issues from my ancestral issues from, you know, growing up.
3: Yeah. I'm going to let you talk to a son. Yes. So Kevin, you know, I, as a mom, I know what it's like to have a 15 year old male. Yeah. Her blessing is she does have the father there, but as a son, what would you say to this mom? Wow. I think it's
4: important to really have some conversations with him about where he is. I just had this conversation, uh, Madam Caller and and, and Ayala, with a parent, a single mom, a mother of a 13-year-old. And I just said it's important for a parent to evolve with their child. And I wish you know, this is a conversation I could have with my mother. It's clear to me that you can have this with your son. I think we can't operate, we can't parent from fear. We can't parent from, like, for example, the way my mother parented me was, you know, don't get anyone pregnant, you know, as a teenager, don't get in trouble, you know, don't, don't go outside. It was very (laughs) fear-based. And I think that isn't, what ends up happening, I believe with the boys, especially because unfortunately the way, and I don't want to just speak in a binary because I love all people and all identities, but if we're talking about you know, especially heterosexual boys for a second here. You know, a lot of times we're not even encouraged to express ourselves. Now, you said your son is an artist, which, you know, I don't even know his gender identity doesn't really matter. But the fact that he's just an artist means that he knows how to express himself. He's done it. And I think that there's something going on is causing him to shut down. And we've got to get to the root of that. And I think it's important to have some conversations with him, either you and him or you and his father and him, just like, how are you feeling? You know, where are you at? No pressure about college, no pressure. What do you want to do with your life? No pressure of what I got, which is at 18, you're going to be an adult and you got to figure something out. And for me, it was like, you got to go to college. You're going to go to the military. You got to get a job. You got to do Mm -hmm. something just kind of, because I think it's important to create a space where boys feel comfortable to talk because often in our society, we do not encourage boys to express themselves except through, shutting down completely and making themselves invisible or it comes out as rage in some sort of form. You know what I mean? We don't want that to happen, obviously. So I think it's about creating a safe space where they can say, you know, at 15, I want to talk about some things. You know, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. And so I think that that's important. And I just, and I want to say this too, in our society, I feel like it doesn't matter if the boys are black, white, Latinx, Asian, indigenous. I think that, you know, there's a crisis in how we define manhood here where we I see the mm. same patterns happening boys and and, uh, y'all you know what i'm talking about you know yes i do one of your most famous (laughs) interviews conversations with with dmx i i cite that a lot as here's what happens to us a lot of times as boys and it ends up becoming self-destructive behavior and so for me at 15 ended up getting in trouble with the police it ended up getting arrested a couple of times it you know it ended up my mother ended up saying things to me like i don't know if you're going to make i don't know if you're going to actually make it i did thankfully but she didn't have the 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 again, the the full picture to be able to articulate or figure out what I needed. And I think what boys need is the same thing that we give to those who identify as girls. They need love. They need the spaces to be able to express themselves. And, you know, I just spoke to 400 young boys, uh, Ayala and Carla, on Saturday in Seattle. And I what I was not a speech because they were teenagers. They were your son's age. But they got up there and they said things like, you know, boys should be able to cry without judgment. You know what I mean? We should mm-hmm. be able to speak freely without yeah. someone saying that there's something wrong with us. And I think what we we, we got to create that space for them. You know, this is what Ayala's work has been about, you know, but this, there's, there's very few spaces like hers where you can, we say to boys, to males, Hey, you know that you're hurting too. You got to say, it because if you don't do it, then think about the, the hard, the, I'm not saying this is going to happen with your son, but I was someone who grew up very in a violent world. And I ended up being very violent. I talk about that openly because I didn't know there was other ways to express myself. And I'm a writer, just like your son's an artist, mm-hmm. you know, But even there, you know, is he in safe spaces where he can be free to express himself as an artist or is he being dissed? Is he being bullied? We don't know if we don't have those conversations with him.
5: It's that balance and and having those conversations. And I do have them. He's more resistant, but I know I can't give up and I have to trust in how I've raised him. He has that freedom space. It is a little challenging because my husband can be a little bit like, we'll call it neanderthalish, like, "Oh, you can't do this, you can't do that." It's the pressures that these teenagers go through to be a certain way and do a certain thing. And, and you know, it's, that's, the, that's the problem. It's the peer pressures.
3: Yeah then we'll talk about that when we come back.
0: And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition bombshell Escaped fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at Victoria'sSecret.com.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.
3: Welcome back to the R Spot. Let's get back to the conversation. Mama, this is mother to mother now, okay? Okay. Too many words, too much mind. Mm. Let me say something to you, and I'm saying this to you as a mother right now. You are not mothering him. You are fathering him. Yes, mm. mm.
5: yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> my masculine energy, I'm not leaning into my feminine. I yes, know. Yes, <laughs>
3: yes. What is your son's love language? Words of affirmation mm. is a love language, mm. quality time is a love language. Acts of service. This, what I'm saying is, how does he receive love? How does he recognize love? And it sounds to me like you're giving direction, and and you're trying to be there, but you're doing it from a head space, not a heart space.
5: Mm, you're right. The
3: fact that you doubt him, or that you don't trust him, uh, that you are highlighting what could be wrong. See he is 15 so he's in the stage of identity versus identity crisis. Mm. He's mm. trying to figure out who he is and his yeah. mother doubting him is devastating. Oh, I hear you say he's an artist but you are dealing with him as though he is an engineer. Mm. Find out his love language. Sometimes yeah. his love his love if his love language is affection. Or if it's love language, is quality time. I didn't know my son's love language, which were words of affirmation. So I never affirmed him. I corrected him. I guided him. I directed him. I told him what to do. And I never said, you're fine. Mm. You're okay. Mm. And my son, raised by a single mom, when he turned 18, he went out in the street and did everything I told him not to do. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that he couldn't do under my roof, he did it between 18 and 21 and ended up with a sentence in in prison. Uh, he should have got, could have got seven and a half to 15. Mm. But with prayer, he got three and a half to seven. And all of that time, he was in there three and a half years. All I did was pray. Mm. because by then I knew his love language. Mm. By then I knew that I had never affirmed him. Oh, baby, you sitting in your room by yourself. I hope you getting good ideas. Mm. You want to, you need some yeah. tea? Yeah. Not to be freaked out because he's in the room by himself. And if you fill the space with an energy of worry and doubt, and he, ma, he lived in your body. Mm. Mm. He heard your heartbeat. He knows what you're saying, even when you don't say it. He feels you. Stop giving him words. Give him your heart. Find out his love language. Whew, you Thank know. you.
5: I, I I absolutely will. And I mm. do. When he's at school, by the way, I do go in his room and pray. And I say prayers as I walk around his room. But he ain't so in the room. I,
2: pray yeah. over him. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes, I will absolutely do that for sure. Mm.
3: Go ahead, Go ahead, Kevin. It, you know,
4: my self esteem was shot uh, as a boy growing up
3: because um, I. What does that mean? Break that down. Tell her what that means.
4: I I was confused about who I was because I was given a lot of orders by my mom, mm-hmm. um, and never the affirmation. That word that you just said, Yala. There were no affirmations at all, and I'm not saying that we need to baby boys as some people like to call it, quote unquote. Uh, I definitely don't want to enable boys to be irresponsible, you know, but I do think we take for granted, you know, We when we participate in this, this notion that, that, you know, we should, girls can be nurtured, but boys can't be nurtured. I think we do a, the boys a disservice, you know what I mean? And I don't think we actually develop as whole human beings in a way that uh, people who are girls or women do and are in touch in a different way with their emotions to Yana's point. And so I was very all over the place. I just, I didn't even know how to function outside of like, let me, let me go to school. Let me do what my mom tells me to do. And, and that's it. And when I got to college, honestly, my college years, other than my activism and discovering I was a writer for real was really a disaster because I didn't know who I was. <laughs> and now I'm out in the world on my own. And and I, I had no, like I said, a moment ago, I had no love skills, relationship skills, friendship skills. I was socially awkward, all those kinds of things. And I just think, you know, to Yana's point, I, I do feel there needs to be a shift you know, uh, uh, and how we relate to our sons. I really believe that because I end up, what ends up happening a lot of times is people like me are asked to have conversations with people's sons all the time. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not just talking about the the, the mothers either, the, oftentimes it's fathers as well, you know, because people are trying to raise them in a way that they think they're supposed to. And I think it's important to be honest. And Yana, please tell me, because you, you, you are a mother. You've been a mother. I mean, haven't you had to reinvent the rule book along the way a few
3: times? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> First of all, not not reinvent the 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 rule book, but throw the rule book out. Yes. And and here here's the other thing. And my son told me this on a collect call from prison. Wow. <laughs> okay, wow. he said the fears you had for me were not the fears I had for myself. Yeah. Mm. The other thing he said wow. to me was. You gave me enough rope to hang myself. And then when I did, you beat me up about it. Yeah.
5: Oh my God. My son
3: said that to me. Yeah.
5: Sound familiar, mama? That that just resonated because that is exactly what I feel. It's almost like you spoke his words. Like you I don't have these yeah. doubts. I know who I am. I'm confident. Why are you doubting me? And I'm putting that energy back right. at him that he's absorbing. Yeah. And, and it's making him but, doubt himself and kind of say, well, screw it. Yeah. If she doesn't believe this, I know I might as well do it. <laughs> That's yeah.
3: devastating. Listen. Yeah. And, and listen to this, Mama. First, I'm going to say this to you again. Stop fathering him. Mm. Back down. Yeah, I, Pump your brakes. Stop trying to change him. And just Mm. give him space to unfold and become who he is. And as Kevin said, you Mm. cannot parent from fear. No, no, no. You cannot. That is so destructive. And so many mothers do that for their sons and their daughters. But it's devastating for the sons. Stop fathering him, mother him, and give him your heart. Too many words, too much mind. Mm. I'ma shut up. Yep. I'ma mm. shut up. <laughs> wow.
5: Thank you. That um you right. both have been so incredibly helpful. I'm I'm truly, truly grateful for you both. And thank you so, so much. Thank you. Completely All right, eye-opening. mama. Thank you. Good luck. Thank uh, you. righty. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Grateful for you both.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Kevin, that is so, so important. Wow. When you hear these things and you think about this offering, because even your offering on your album to your father, yeah, where you say I forgive you, yeah, what 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 comes up for you when you hear these things from these mothers?
4: You know, what's profound is that I I um I text my wife as I was listening. I you know I just said wow a lot. So many of us. Are hurting out here. Even a love song, the first love song of my album, "For You," because my wife and I talked very honestly about our dysfunctions that we were bringing to the table, our traumas, and I think we said, I say in the in that song that we we don't want to be married to destruction. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think that we have to. um, The word is healing. The word is healing. The word is healing. The word is healing. And, you know, but we can't get to the healing if we're not willing to be honest about everything. And as you've been saying throughout this show, and thank you for it, is what are you willing to take responsibility for? You know what I mean? Man, you know, I I, I heard my mother's hurt as I was listening to the last caller. Uh, I understand it. You know, I really do. And, you know, you said something earlier, like what helped me as a male, uh, I identify persons when I began to read women writers like yourself back in the 90s <laughs> and Order Lord and Bell Hooks and, you know, Toni Morrison, Alice Wal- just a range of sisters, because I realized I was hearing my mother's stories and y- you all's words, you know. yes. And so it it gave me um, compassion and empathy that I didn't have before. I got to be brutally honest with you. I was angry at my mother for years. We had a terrible relationship. And in my Mm -hmm. 20s, she changed the locks on her door. She didn't want me to come back. She's like, you can't come back here. You're disrespectful. I was disrespectful to her because I I didn't have anywhere to put that rage, that anger that I felt because of racism, systemic racism, because of the whole uh, that you, you you talked about with my father not being there. And then there was no forward motion with my mother. I had to be the one to evolve the relationship with my mother. She still, uh, in many ways, relates to me as if I'm a child, you know, uh, because she's not able to, she hasn't been able to grow, you know. She's, she's still hurt from all the things that's happened to her. But I said, I got to. I can't change my mother, but what I can change is how I relate to my mother, you know.
3: Yes, right there, say it again, what say it again, say it again. I can't change my mother, yeah. but I can
4: change how I relate to my mother. Yes, And I made a constant yes. decision that it needs to be with love. But yes. I had to learn how to love myself, Ayala Yala I had to learn how to love myself. And as you know, love, self-love is a journey. It's never ending. But I was like, I got to figure this out. And I'm not going to lie to you. My word, my, there are times my mother's words still hurt me. There's, there's still, you know, things that are said to me
3: or about me. Was there anything that your mother could have done differently that would have changed who you are and your response? to her, what could she have done differently?
0: Hmm.
4: This is getting very deep, Mr. Jan
3: <laughs> <laughs> We grocery shopping,
4: that's we, all, we grocery just shopping. grocery shopping. <laughs> I wish that my mother could have known what the physical beatings, including when I was asleep, which are the same things that happened to her when she was a girl by her father, and the verbal beatings, the damage that it did to me as a boy, as a child. Um, I wish she would have known or could have known the confusion I felt when she said, don't be like your father, but you look like your father. You're just like that. No good. Goddamn quote unquote. I'm going to say his name. Yeah. It was all taken. I'm an only child. So it was all taken out on me. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish that my mother could have known that a hug, a kiss, I love you. The affirmations that you talked about earlier, the difference could have made. Yeah. Yeah. It literally took me into my fifties. I'm in the same generation as your son, Yala Van Zandt. I'm finally in a healthy, loving relationship. My second marriage, because I felt like I spent my entire adult life through my 20s, 30s, 40s into my fifties, trying to figure, to undo all the damage that I experienced, not just for my mother, my father, my family, the society, all of it because I simply did not have the tools emotionally and spiritually to be a man.
3: Kevin Power, before I let you go, I want to, I want to ask you about this.
4: But when she got sick, Lord, really sick, a few years back, I was terrified of losing my mother. I had her speed dial to the hospital there in Jersey and sprinted me as fast as I could to be with her.
3: I want to ask you this. Help me understand this. Mm -hmm. Terrified of losing her and angry at her at the same time. How do you wear that? How do you hold that? Because I think a lot of men are in that place. A lot of sons Mm. have this breakdown upset with their mom, but at the same time, terrified of losing her.
4: As much as I've talked about my mother in my life, in my writings, in my speeches, everywhere. It wasn't until this show today with you, you've said it a few times, reminding us that we were inside our mothers and heard the heartbeat, felt the heartbeat, was our heartbeat. I never I never heard it put like that. <sighs> Terrified of losing her, now, 20 years from now, whenever it is, because that's the first sign of life I ever had reconciling anger because she still has that way of speaking to me that forces me at times to get off the phone really quickly. Or even when I go over for things like Thanksgiving, I have an internal clock. Like I can only be here for a certain amount of time because I just don't want to feel like I have felt throughout my life because of her pain. It's, attention that is unexplainable. You know, you love your mother, but you also wish that your mother could evolve with you. You love your parent. You wish they can grow as you've been growing, but you also have to accept that not all of them will, including maybe yours. And the best you can do is just be there for them. And that's why I was at that grocery store for my mother. She calls me. She knows she's got me. I got a whole system of Yana Van Zandt in place for my mother in my hometown of Jersey City. Anything my mother ever needs, because at the end of the day, as I try to say in this poem, on this album, Grocery Shopping with My Mother, it's a kind of love that is, it can't even be defined. You know, I love my wife deeply. My wife is the most important person to me in my life. But my mother gave me life. And I've had to figure out through years of therapy and spiritual work and all the things that I do, how to forgive her and love her unconditionally, even when she still hurts me to this day. It is hard, Ayala Van Zandt. It is hard when I'm cursed at, when I'm called a name to this day, when I'm ridiculed for decisions, when it's assumed that I, a grown man, don't know what I'm doing and saying. It is hard. But what helps me to get through it is I can't imagine what it's like to be born in 1943 in this country and labeled colored or Negro, to be a victim of racism, sexism, and classism, to be a dark-skinned black woman and told that she's not beautiful her entire life, and not have an Ayala Van Zant or an Oprah Winfrey or any of the folks who have come along like you all who've created healing spaces. That is how I'm able to love my mother. I've had to come to an understanding. I realized she is Celia in The Color Purple. She is those characters in those Toni Morrison novels. She is the journey of Black women in this world where you all have to be everything for everyone. And then you wake up and there's nothing left for you. And I decided I have to give my mother something. She deserved that 80th birthday party I gave her. She deserves to be able to be in a car service. She deserves to be able to have some things that she never thought she could have in her life. Because the son that she raised, that she gave an imagination to by taking to the library, has been blessed to be able to show my mother things she couldn't even
3: imagine. But your sharing speaks to the importance of a son knowing his mother's story as a woman. I'm sorry to take you here, Kevin, but you are healing hundreds of thousands of sons today, so I'm going to take it. I'm going to use you till I use you up. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am.
4: Clutches tight the cart, says it helps her balance. Ma is afraid to fall. Ma ain't going to fall in front of no strangers. My mother's power is in the steering of the shopping cart. She pushes it forward the way a truck driver Inches The tractor through bumper to bumper traffic. She wobbles slowly from the cart when she spots an item she needs, Lord. Three peaches, four red apples, five bananas, a package of chocolate chip cookies, a bunch of collard greens, a carton of orange juice.
3: That clip led into your speaking to when she fell. In your house. Mm -hmm. And you and her ended up looking eye to eye. And you said, here I am with a woman who never hugged me, never kissed me, never told me she loved me. And then I hear you speak to sending a car service for her and giving the birthday party for her. How you walk behind her in the supermarket, watching her pick those things up. And what comes to mind for me, Kevin, is somehow, maybe you didn't even know that you were doing this, you separated your heart and love from your mother from her behavior that bruised and wounded you. Yeah. Do you know how you did that? Or are you aware that that's what you did, that you put the behavior over here, but you allowed the love to remain over here? Do you know how you did that? Therapy, years of therapy. Okay, okay. (laughs) And
4: how can I say I love black people if I can't forgive black people? How can I say we we should love black people unconditionally, but I put conditions on my love for my mother?
3: Mm, Put conditions on your love for your mother. How many sons do that? They want their mother to be this way or that way. And what I'm hearing you say is that you accepted her exactly as you are and created boundaries to protect yourself. Get off the phone. Only stay this amount of time. (laughs) Don't take it personally. When she goes off, 80 years old, grown up with no affirmation in a racist society, you put that over there. And wow, she is blessed to have you
4: you know, I'm blessed that she gave birth to me. And, you know, as I was listening to you counsel, I wish I could put my mom on the phone with you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, she would cuss me out. I know that kind. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) And you know what she'd say? I'm gonna plead the blood of Jesus over you. (laughs) (laughs)
4: That's right. Ain't nothing I can say. (laughs) Nothing.
3: Kevin Powell, grocery shopping with my mother. I'm going to speak into existence that you need to start writing your acceptance speech for that Grammy right now. But I want to also ask you, what is your message to mothers?
4: To all mothers, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm one man who has learned by listening through the years, and I continue to listen and learn from Yonla Van Zandt, from my mama, from my wife. My gosh, um, I can't even imagine what it's like to be a woman. And to Black women... You know, what Malcolm X says, when when Beyonce sampled Malcolm X talking about how black women are the most disrespected people, you know, on on, on her Lemonade album a few years ago. I mean, I say to black women, there's no world without y'all. There's no world without black women. There's no world without black mothers. There's nothing without black mothers. You know, not only have you had to raise your own children, but you had to help raise other people's children. I'm like, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I apologize. Just like you said, apologies earlier. I apologize. And I'm doing my best now as a black man to help other black males understand that, you know, no matter what we go through, we cannot, cannot, cannot take it out on black women.
3: And what would your message be to sons today? What would your message be to sons?
4: Heal, heal. Don't be afraid. Men, boys out there, sons, of expressing how you feel. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. It's okay to say you're hurting. It's okay to say you're depressed. Don't sabotage yourself, as I have done many times. You know, no judgment, no judgment, no judgment, but we got to learn how to love ourselves so that we can bring love into this world.
3: Kevin Powell, cultural activist, author of the Grammy-nominated album, Grocery Shopping with My Mother,
4: Thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you.
3: Our spotters, I hope you've heard something here today that will heal your relationship with your son. If you're a mother, with your mother, if you're a son, I hope that you go out and get this spoken word album and the book. And I hope that you find in this conversation exactly what it is that you need to support your healing. I am so grateful for this conversation. What do you think, Kevin? Should we take a few more callers and see how we can help them on their healing journey? Yeah. I say let's do it. Kevin and I will be back next week with a deep dive with two new callers. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, stay in peace and not in pieces. The R-Spot is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.